Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. something coming up at seven still but for now get a load of this the election's heating up welcome aboard and the house band is jay beating the boys peter thank you for taking the time i'm sitting with shandor shandor thank you for uh your check your mic there man is it live? hey how you doing yeah i don't know do you seem like you're low i'll, t- I'll turn you up a little bit hello there Oh, and uh, I guess I should is get Is Peter a, on? No, Peter's on the line. I haven't gone to him yet. Uh, let me Are just we going get, to Peter? Yes, we're going to Peter. Settle down. I want to get the cameras up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll figure the cameras up later. Let's get to... Can you rotate your monitor so I can see uh, our handsome guest? Is that possible? Uh, no. Okay, we're going straight audio. Yeah. I can't get his facial reactions. <laughs> I need... <laughs> what are you asking me this for now? My goodness. <gasps> my god last time i could see the screen Stop i got my own screen my, this time my as well. guest's time man oh. well. <laughs> all right let's do this peter uh oh and i might oh he can't even hear us i've got myself muted i'm okay a, i'm a horrible host all right oh uh, so he didn't hear any of that so he doesn't and know we've done our intro no he, he doesn't d- know we're already he, talking no, and i've asked him to mute himself okay oh and now my camera's not grabbing because it's being used by another source uh-huh oh and then uh, <laughs> that's right Cannot video. Okay, so hang on a second, Peter. <laughs> I didn't hear anything. Yeah, no, that's fine. Uh, Peter, stay with me for one second here while I try and figure out. I grabbed my camera, and then, and then here we go. Okay, so this is better. All right, one second, Peter. Sorry, technical difficulties in the booth. Uh, not with you. Dude. How's it going so far? How are you feeling about the campaign? We can hear you fine. Feeling really good. Yeah, feeling really good. After the last couple of days, we've had some amazing ups. Are we Are we on now? Or? We're live. We're good. Yep. Okay. Your awesome. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's been it's been great. Um, Monday was a great start. We went to go give um, Trudeau a nice welcome, and we had two thousand. I would guess around 2,000 supporters. It was an amazing event. It was very funny because uh, all our supporters uh, came to the Best Western in Welland because that's where we thought he was going to be. But as soon as I think the uh, security details saw how many people were there, they had to quickly move it to a um, to a secure location, which ended up being a factory. And it was just an amazing event. And all the protesters just followed uh, followed the bus. I was one of the first ones there. And I thought, oh, gosh, I hope everyone comes. And then, like, 2,000 people were coming. They walked in about a kilometer into where the gate was, uh, where the, the gated compound in. It was a it was a pretty great event. Were you there, Jim? I yes, I did go uh, reluctantly. I don't find myself very comfortable in these settings. It's just not in my nature. I want to be there in case something drops and get the video on it, so I can get my channels monetized again. I mean, it's all about playing the game on social media for me. Uh, yeah, I'm supportive to the cause, 
I saw a lot of PPP, PPC, um, you know, gear and signs and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I figure, you know, probably somewhere near to maybe half of those guys weren't PPC. I saw one of my dad's old friends out there, like like an old truck driver. Like he's got to be close to 70 years old, a good friend of mine. And he's pissed off. He's not a member of the PPC. He doesn't align. He didn't get the email, I don't think, anyways, unless I unless I got this guy wrong. Um, well, what choice does he have to vote? Yeah. Who um, does he have? What choice does he have to vote for? Really, I mean, of all the, of all the parties, they're all really going for the same thing. They're all pr- promoting the vaccine passport. They're all promoting this uh, this climate change agenda. It's all exactly the same. You know, we're on the brink of, you know, potentially a dictatorship, you know, um, because we're it's going to be a medical dictatorship if, if we're not careful. And they're worried about climate change. I mean, that just really goes to show how out of touch. Yeah, you put yourself on mute, Peter. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, we just missed the last out of touch. Go ahead. So yeah, we're really we're really a great um, for for those people who are uh, really out of or uh, don't have that opportunity and are just coming into uh, the political scene because we're getting a lot of people who have never voted before, and they're interested in what the PPC has to offer because they they've lost hope in the whole political process. But now that they've uh, seen what we stand for a lot of those people are coming on and they're starting to realize that actually we're something different. Dude. Um, you know, when I first saw the representation, I was a little concerned because you don't like, I mean, we know what it's like to be tagged as radicals because we've got people around them that are doing things that we don't support. How do you, what are your feelings on, on being like everyone saying these are PPC protests basically? Yeah, so it, it ends. It turns out that a lot of the people that come to these uh, these protests are PPC supporters. I have I have absolutely no apprehension about going to these protests and going to these things because I don't have a seat in politics. Where else am I going to have a voice to speak out against what's happening? This is the only opportunity I have to to speak out against the government. I mean, hopefully that'll change on September twenty first, and hopefully I will have a voice in Parliament. Uh, but really, I I have no problem. To, uh, to support the people in this way. The fact that it was boisterous and there was some, some naughty language, you know, that's gonna happen. I mean, people are, people are angry. Their lives have been turned upside down for 18 months. They've been locked down. So a lot of people have lost their businesses. You know, if there's the uh, odd expletive here and there, I think people would understand. You know, the fact that there was in London, somebody threw some pebbles at uh, Trudeau uh, you know that's not to be condoned. That's for sure. Uh, that was that was unfortunate, but you know it happened. I mean, all we can do is uh, going forward is is try to let people know that that's not what we we want to present ourselves at. We want to present ourselves as a positive change, a positive solution. Amen. Uh, you know, despite there being some 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 coarse language. You know, there's more coarse language uh, when you on any YouTube, 50% uh, of the YouTube videos. So yeah. I mean, I'm not the one to be talking about coarse language. I mean, I've, I've been known how to have a filthy mouth. I do, do think sometimes yeah, the message gets... Your, I've listened to some of your mes- uh, podcasts, so yeah, I get it. The message yeah. does get lost sometimes, but, you know, I I'm, mean, I also do comedy as well. Talk to me about how you've been finding the media. I'm just finding out now, I can't believe I've been asleep on this, that Kojiko did not invite the PPC. I can't believe this passed me by. Of all the people I'm kind of hanging with... Nobody thought it was important to tell me they were excluded from a debate. Like, yeah, this is a big deal. What happened? So, because Max was left out of the the national debate, that was the metric they were using to leave every other PPC candidate out of the debate. Um, you know, are the last Ecos poll? I don't. I'm not really following the polls. I don't really care about the polls. But we were at 10 percent. The last Ecos poll on uh, September 7th, and that's a mainstream poll. So you got to know that that's going to be skewed as well uh, in the in favor of potentially the the liberals and the conservatives. But really, ten percent. I mean, that's that's a decent amount of people who are who are backing us, uh, and we, they should be able to hear our message. And that was unfortunate that uh, Kojiko decided to do that. I sent them a few emails. 
they were they were not interested in in listening to uh, to our reasoning. They they made up their mind, and and that was that. But which then, is not really actually, which is typical, really. Which is. But wait a second, Peter. Just let me interrupt. How hypo- the hypocrisy of letting. Carrie Porter fill in for an NDP candidate. She's not even a nominated candidate anywhere. Oh, no, this is a different debate. Okay, no, it's not. That wasn't Kojiko. So, yeah, my bad. But, yeah, Carrie, I could. Porter, do you what? know where, if it's online for us to see? That that was, yeah, that was definitely one of the, uh, that was a debate. That was the Lake Report. They hosted a debate, and Carrie Porter sat in for Brian Barker. Now, the Lake Report, they made the call. Uh, that, okay, because Brian Barker was coming down with COVID symptoms, he had to go for a test, and so he, he didn't want to come and he didn't want to risk infecting everybody at the uh, at the event. So they allowed Gary Porter to sit in. I'm not sure how that's democratic, and we are being left out of a Kojiko debate, or how, it, how I, I don't know. I, I don't get it, Jim. So I don't know, maybe you can explain it to me a little bit better. I have no clue. I'm late to the party on this one. That's my apologies. But while on the topic of Kerry Porter, I'm supposed to interview this Chad guy that got some prominence on. We're getting a lot of feedback when I talk on your system there. Um, I thought he was in Vancouver. He was making some traction on TikTok. I think he's well-spoken. I met him at the event. I don't know. And then, you know, on the way here, talking to Shandor, he's like, oh, dude, it went off last night. The guy went after her like crazy. And I'm like, no. And I mean, like, I I, I mock, I make fun of people's ideas and, you know, I joke and stuff like that. But I mean, I don't, and I have been let's, vulgar, uh, but let's I just put it uh, in context for yeah. for Peter and for our uh, for our listeners. Yeah, go ahead. So we have uh, you know Carrie Porter sat in with you at the interview or at the uh, at the debate, and did you yeah. see uh, how she responded on on Twitter? Uh, I'm looking at a tweet. I don't know if you can show him on screen, Jim. Yeah, I'll do um, that now. I'm looking at a tweet here from Carrie on September seventh, um, saying that she filled in at a debate for an unwell NDP candidate. And had to sit next to a PPC candidate who blamed immigrants for everything from housing to the economy. Give me some zoom on that. Uh, this line of discourse is not only wrong, it's fascism. Uh, I'm not surprised. And she retweeted. I'm not sure if you can see this. <clears throat> no, he can't. She, she retweeted the story of a sick man who was uh, killed in Nova Scotia. And so she actually attached your existence to this murder. Uh, which to me is completely outrageous and offensive. Wow. Okay. So this is where it starts. So that's, then? This is the the starting context, and I. So you just wanted to sort of get your your feedback on that, I, and we wanted to go through some of the platform points on the document we have here. I've got your yeah. P, your PPC P party platform uh, campaign points, so we're going to talk about that right after. Um, so I mean, your response to this accusation that you blamed immigrants for everything, from housing to the economy. And of course, uh, to the accusation of fascism. Well, I mean, I was trying to use common sense uh, to this whole event, to this whole debate, saying that really we have unsustainable immigration. I mean, I don't. I think it's still okay to have different opinions in in this country. And in fact, when somebody just cancels you and calls you a fascist, I'm not sure how we can have a uh, constructive debate after that. If she said, you know. If she made a point specific to to where we stand, then we can probably have a discussion. But to have it just uh, accuse someone of of being a fascist when that's absolutely the furthest thing from the truth, we believe we need to have immigration that is sustainable. Our housing is um, it, it's just common sense when we all, when Canada obligates itself to provide housing to uh, to refugees. Well, of course, the people who are here are going to be left out. We got to take care of our own first. I mean, I got an email this morning of a 27-year-old woman who is being deported. She's been here since she was 13. She owns a house. She came here with her parents. Her parents are citizens. She's married to a Canadian. And this is who we're deporting. She's never been on uh, welfare. And this is the kind of people we're deporting. But we're bringing in 5,000 Afghanis who were our enemy up until, or presumably our enemy up until three weeks ago. And we, we stranded 1,250 of our own citizens in Afghanistan. I mean, talk about hypocrisy. Uh, that's a glaring uh, example of it. 
Peter Terrace is my guest. Dude, I appreciate the time. You want to hit some of the platform pieces? Sure. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, we should talk about what you stand for, uh, not just uh, all of the circus of the media. So let's go through some of your points, but I wanted to ask you a few questions about yourself first. Can you tell us about your background at all, what, what your line of business is, and, uh, and why you decided to become a candidate for the PPC? Yes, yeah, so I've always been an entrepreneur. Uh, right now, I own a business, I own a garden center. Um, we have some, I own some real estate. So that's primarily what, what I'm, what I do to keep myself busy. Um, but you know, I got into, uh, I got into this because there was nobody else that was standing up for a different point of view. All the, all the parties were standing up for, you know, just the narrative, the big pharma globalist narrative, except Max. So Max was standing up. I wanted to join, join, join him because I know this is, he calls it a revolution and it absolutely is a revolution, but you know, George Orwell says that when in a time of universal deceit, telling the truth is a revolutionary act. That's what it seems like now, that when we tell the truth, we're becoming, we're subversive because of that. Uh, and I want to make sure, I want to be the, an instrument of the change that we're seeing right now. We're seeing a lot of people, we're seeing a lot of momentum, we're seeing a lot of people who are getting behind us because it makes, com it's just good common sense. So, uh, just wondering about, um, were you involved in politics at all prior? And, and are, would you say it's it's fair to say that without lockdowns and the overall context that we're in today, that would you be a candidate today? Was it lockdowns that motivated you into this? Yeah, I know. I just I wanted to be left alone by my government. Basically, I didn't. I had no interest in really getting into politics. I was not. I was not. Um, striving for it. I wasn't involved in the political with in any political party. Uh, but I wasn't being left alone by my government. They were, they were not giving me an option. So they've sort of pulled me into this fight, not because I wanted to, but because I felt I had no option. And I felt that uh, no one else, if I don't stand up, then who? So I, I got into it for that reason. How would you describe yourself before the PPC? Like, where did you align yourself? Did, like, I, I grew up in the Green Party, you know? I was a lefty for a long time and got red-pilled in 2015. Where did your yeah. kind of political leanings go to before the PPC came along? Yeah, I was always a conservative. Um, so, yeah, so I was always a conservative. I was, I was somewhat involved with the conservative party when, when Harper was around. Uh, you know, but when Sheer came in, I, you know, I really lost complete interest in the party. I, I found it being um, no longer holding conservative principles. So I dropped away from, from the, the conservative party at that point. And then I started, um, you know, once Max came on the scene at the last election, you know, he's still very new. But now I can see that uh, that he's the real deal. And he really he, he really walks the walk and talks the talk. So well, I, 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 I believe I, in him. I appreciate his lack of um care for lack of a better term he doesn't care about the polls he's got his principles the policy is the policy i like that he's open to electoral reform or proportional representation maybe the next time around he didn't want to touch anything that required a constitutional amendment this time around i get that but i think he missed an opportunity in that point because there's a lot of conservatives out there that want electoral reform that don't want the majority government elected with 35% of the votes. I mean, I don't know your feelings on that or whether you've even broached the space because it's not in your platform, but it, it definitely allies with everything that you guys agree with. Yeah, so I mean, right now, I think we've got, you know, bigger fish to fry than that. I mean, that's, that is an issue for sure. But if we lose our country and we have a country that is a medical, becomes a medical dictatorship where there's two classes of citizens, uh, then, you know, yeah, the constant, having a, a different um, electoral system may not even matter anymore if if we're treating each other as, you know, just sources of contagion or um, spreaders of disease rather than with human dignity. So we got to go back to the basics of, you know, freedom, fairness, personal responsibility and respect. And if we stick with those four principles, our, our platform will develop. And But, you know, if, um, if Max sees a, a poll that says if we change our platform completely, we'll gain more support. He won't do it. He says that's not how it works. He believes that he believes in these ideas. He's a man of principle, and that's why I'm I'm believing in him, and that's why I'm 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 following because I believe myself to be that way as well. 
Well, tell us about the Purple Wave. Tell us about the support that you've seen, the transition from conservative supporters and volunteers coming over your way. And, dude, I mean, you're raising some decent money this time around, man. This is not a small school campaign. Tell us about the support that you've received and how has it been surprising for you? Well, it has. So I'll, I'll tell you about where it started. So I have at my business, I have a garden center and I was never wearing a mask. So the bylaw would come around, you know, and say, hey, why aren't you wearing your mask? And I would explain to them what my, my rights are. And I had the mask law right on my door and I, I pointed it out to them that there are exceptions or ex, um, exceptions. And I'm in fact, I'm, I'm claiming them. And so they would come around and we had an event at our greenhouse on May 23rd. And a couple of days before the event, the, the bylaw officers came by with a letter saying that, hey, if I have this event, they're going to they're going to give me a hundred thousand dollar fine or up to a year in jail. So what I did is I got some legal advice. They drafted up a letter. Um, and on that morning we decided, okay, let's go with this. I spoke to my wife cause we live on the property as well. I spoke to my wife. I said, let's go ahead and do this event. We can't back down now because if we back down in fear, uh, then that's exactly they've won. Right. But if the only thing that's keeping us moving forward and keeping our, um, really our narrative moving forward is the fact that we're not afraid. So we said we have to go forward with this and whatever the consequences are, they are. And so I, I dra- we drafted up a letter that the morning of the event, we sent to the chief of police of the Niagara Regional Police, uh, the mayor of Fort Erie, the attorney general of Ontario, the attorney general of, of Canada and the raconteur at the UN who deals with international human rights violations. So when they came, they were pushing on. They, they knew I was going to say my speech at noon. So they were pushing onto the property. There was two police officers and three bylaw officers. Um, so right before noon, they start pushing on. But before that, I had someone go around and speak to them to make sure we had all their their particulars, their name, badge numbers, uh, anything else that might be identif- to identify them. And so they start pressing on at noon. And so the guy, the the one, the bylaw officer who I knew, he was the one who seemed to be in charge. He came up. We, we started talking. And I said, listen, when this is all over, freedom is going to win. You want to be on the right side of history. And this letter outlines the risks you take if you violate anyone's human rights here today. I gave it to him. I went back, said my speech. Um, and while they were still in earshot, so they were able to hear the whole speech. And um, I was expecting them to come back, you know, after they read the letter and then they come back with some plan. Nothing. They uh, they didn't come back. I never got a ticket. They didn't arrest me. So that kind of started it. I was just... Um, proclaimed as the candidate at that point, like a few weeks before that. And uh, we had about 250 people at this event and it was an amazing event. We raised like four grand off on, the, on that one event. So it was, it was pretty good. Yeah, we were just looking at some footage of that event. I wanted to hit on uh, some of your, your platform points here. So we've got end lockdowns, no to vaccine passports, open borders immediately, end the police state we are in, defund the CBC, all jobs are essential, smaller government, immigration reform, stopping globalism, and protecting free speech. Now, those, for me, are saying all the right things. Those are what I want to hear from a candidate and what I want to hear from, from anyone I, I support. So it's great to see those, those platform points. Have there been anything that came up in the debate that didn't make it to this piece of paper or to these, to these platforms, something that came up either in debate or... Uh, 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 or in the larger context that uh, differentiates yourselves, the PPC, from the other candidates? Yeah, there's one other question that came up during one of the debates was about uh, gun control. And they asked if, if we believe that uh, assault rifles should be illegal. And well, I told them that assault rifles are already illegal and we don't believe in making uh, any more guns illegal. We believe that legal gun owners actually have a right to own guns and if somebody uh, perpetrates a crime with a gun then we need to be uh we need to be strict with them but legal gun owners we we want to leave them alone okay thank you so i was just wondering about that um i wanted to talk to you if it's all right with you uh, if you've got a few minutes for us to talk about uh the interaction you had with uh st catherine standard investigative reporter grant laflesh eh? um is an interesting exchange and i've got it here on screen parts of it uh it, it resulted in you dropping a meme on the thread and then deleting the meme give us a little zoom there bro uh, i can't zoom much because it'll just make the bottom yep, no bigger. that's good perfect. is it good yep. can we read it well yeah yep, perfect 
So uh, he can't hear. Uh, hang on, Peter. Go <clears> ahead. Okay, I know it. Go ahead, Peter. Yes. So my question, I guess, is uh, what got lost in translation there um, between your intention and what ended up actually going to print? They did run a story today or yesterday uh, highlighting this this particular exchange. So uh, what got lost in translation there? So, I mean, basically, he was uh, Grant LaFleche was was pressing me. Hey, did you know, there was people calling for journalists to be arrested. And I just responded back, hey, you know what? Uh, anyone who breaks the law should be arrested. Anyone who does not break the law should not be arrested. And then he asked for clarification. And I said, okay, let me clarify it for you. I said, journalists who break the law should be arrested. Journalists who do not break the law should not be arrested. And he said, oh, well, so are you saying that I should be arrested? And I said, uh, no, but I said there has been precedence in the past when journalists were arrested, when they were promoting an illegal and anti-human anti uh, agenda. And that was in, in uh, World War II. I mean, there was, there was media that were arrested. Um, and at the Nuremberg trials, they were tried because they were promoting and they were complicit in the Nazi, um, Nazi plan to exterminate the Jews. So yeah, there there was media that was charged um, in that in, in that. So there, I just I pointed out that precedence that was a little bit misunderstood because with the meme there with that meme it was an, it was an awkward uh, it was an awkward meme that uh, sort of took off in a, and it kind of got was misunderstood. So I said, ah, you know what? Let me just take this off rather than create more confusion. I want to ra I'd rather have clarity than than confusion. So I just pulled it off and. Um, just and I just wanted to say that actually journalists who break the law deserve to be arrested. Journalists who do not break the law do not deserve to be arrested. I mean that was a that was sort of the point. Right. Uh, I mean, I uh, I've often struggled with the question of uh, of Lafleche and, and consequences for his uh, his human rights abuses. I've always just wanted people to know what he's up to and not necessarily pressure any sort of consequences. I don't actually think a uh, Nuremberg level consequences are appropriate. We actually have our own legal system uh, in Canada that um, you know we don't need to we don't need to reference it even necessarily. In in my view, I, I just want to see him fired for being a fake news producer. Um, that's my official position, and I only say that because um, there's a lot of talk about well, they focus on the consequences, the hanging part, and that you, people are. Th this is a big meme among among those of us in the in the rebellion and the resistance. That when we talk about consequences, we're talking about hanging, and that, that does sound like we're taking it too it too far. But he did ask yeah, a question. Was, okay, just so you know, Peter, um, we're coming up on time, but um, I'm kind of you, you're getting us some feedback when we talk, so I'm dialing you way down. So it takes me a minute to get you back up. So the crosstalk, we're not hearing you when you're trying to cut in because I got you muted. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Peter. Yeah, no, I was just saying that it was. You're right. I mean, I, I certainly wasn't advocating for any kind of uh, of criminal prosecution of any specific journalist. I mean, I don't think that's what I was. I wasn't calling for that whatsoever. Uh, but he was pressing me on that, and I said, "Well, actually, it's happened before. So if there are journalists who do uh, do something illegal, um, they can be charged." Now, in you got in the times up. of Nuremberg, I mean, that was a different time. So I mean, you know, the, yeah, it was it was not meant to, to correlate with today's time at all but um yeah i just i was it was awkward so i, I just removed it now we're just saying off because uh, i'm riding the mics here you kind of fell into that trap peter you won't do that again but uh, you can oh. be <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the flesh he, is quite a boxer. He, uh, yeah, yeah, he set you up. Well, I want to talk about 1984. But I'm glad you're in the club now. I'm yeah. glad you're one of us. Uh, <laughs> 1984, George Orwell's seminal novel. Um, one of the most important novels of my life. Uh, certainly, I read it three times. I read it in high school, and I read it twice afterwards. <clears throat> I read it in the 9-11 context, and I've, uh, I, mean, I haven't needed to read it since, since I know it very well. Um, LaFleche uh, bristles at the accusations that um, current affairs are in any way representative of Oceana, of Big Brother society. Uh, I, when I started protesting in August last year, my first sign was 2 plus 2 equals 4. That was my statement. That was my public statement. And in the newspaper, I was mocked for it by Grant LaFleche, uh, who claimed that uh, if we did live in a Big Brother-type 
society that uh, protests such as that would result in rendition. Of course, um, just six months later, I was subject to rendition because as a result of protesting, I was put into I was put into jail. But I wanted to get more of your in-depth sort of look on this question. Uh, do, do you believe Canada has become like Oceania? And in what way, you know, you brought it up in this inter- interaction with him. In what way do you draw upon the allegory or the lessons of 1984 and how do you apply them to, uh, to today? So, yeah, that, that, I mean, the two plus two equals five. I mean, that was the whole like O'Brien and the exchange with them. The point was that if you could convince the populace that two plus two equals five, you can convince them of anything. And we see this with, with Stalin. I mean, he called the people, the adherents to his philosophy. He called them useful idiots. He didn't even respect the people who supported him because he he even knew himself that this whole his whole plan his whole scheme was was corrupt. I mean, he knew it himself, but he took advantage of it because he was at the top. So I mean, he be- he believed himself to be moral and just, and that's the problem with any um with any tyranny and with any dictator. They always believe and they can rationalize their behaviors as moral and just. And the only thing that protects a society from any one person to press their beliefs on all of society or one group pressing their beliefs on all of society is free will for all. With freedom, we're able to choose for ourselves what is correct for us. But when you have one group pressing on everyone else, this is the right thing to do. Then you have the potential for tyranny because they believe they're doing the right thing. So when they cloak themselves with this righteousness, they basically inoculate themselves to the truth that freedom is the only way to guarantee that no one person or group will have that kind of control over an entire society. Tell me a little bit more about uh, the campaign, the support, the surprise. Dude, um, yeah, to fill us with hope because, I mean, this is this has never happened before. We've never had a new upstart party with one election under their belt become so mainstream so quickly look at yeah, i mean i was green party for a long time it took a long time to get to five percent now you guys are at 10 you could be at 15 you don't know the way the polls are going and some polls especially out west or in the uh, saskatchewan i saw one the other day with four thousand votes max was 60 percent as prime minister like i mean I, I I'm I'm clinging, clinging to the small amount of hope that this might make a difference this time around, that a small new party can make a difference and people are just pissed off enough. So I just want to give you a chance to kind of tell us, you know, man, you've raised some decent cash. You, you like you're going to be a player this time around. So tell us a little bit more of the intricacies of the this campaign. So I mean, this is my first time doing this. I, I had no idea how easy it would be to raise money or how difficult it would be to raise money. I mean, as an example, in the last federal election, the NDP had $20,000 for their election. So far we've got 43. Um, You know, I, 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 it's, it's, it's going to be public knowledge soon. So we're, I'm fine to share it, Uh, but we're doing really well from that perspective. Um, How that's going to translate into votes on election day. I have no idea. But I know a lot of people are requesting signs. We have a lot of signs on public property. We have a lot of people who are used to be conservative who are really backing us now, really saying that, you know what, these are the conservative principles that I always believed in, and I've never changed. It's the conservative party that has changed, and the liberal party has changed even more. I, I mean, the Green Party is now, they're advocating for universal basic income. The NDP, I mean, their leader, he admired uh, uh, Fidel Castro and his form of government. So. What are we left with? We're left with one party, the PPC, who actually believes freedom is important. Um, so yeah, so we're we're getting a lot of support. I think for that one reason. I mean, that's the I think that's the biggest one. Um, we'll see on election day. We're going to keep pressing. I mean, I'm not even interested in the polls. I don't really care because I'm not really win or lose. We've already won because people are talking about our ideas. So amen to that. Uh, just to let you wrap it up with a final statement, and if you could leave us with a little bit of hope for those of us that are black pilled and feel hopeless against the system, uh, just a closing statement for you. No, this is it. This we've got a chance to make a difference now. Even the way I look at it, this way, there was Derek Sloan was one MP with courage. He made a difference. He put up a uh, he, you know he had Dr. Byron Brittle. 
uh, on and he had a bunch of other doctors. He exposed what's going on with this whole uh, COVID lockdown. He did more as one MP than 337 MPs who were cowards. So I, the way I see it, if even if we get one seat, we're going to be able to make that kind of noise and we're going to be able to make a difference. Um, but I think we're going to do more than that. I think we're going to do more than one seat. So no matter how many seats we win, uh, we're going to make a difference. And in 1993, the Reform Party, it was a very new party. They were able to win 52 seats and they were able to drive the direction of the country and the direction of the, uh, the, the politics for the next 10 years. So we've got a chance to do that right now. Cool. Thank you for your time, Peter. I really appreciate it. Um, Shandor, I appreciate Thanks, Peter. It. Thanks for the chat. Kind of guest co-hosting with me today. And uh, good luck all the way, man. We're uh, hashtag vote PPC, and I, I'm holding on to hope that that purple wave is coming. But I appreciate your time. I know you're busy, and I love a man in a three-piece suit, man. Play the part. you got to look good. For If you want to pretend to be a politician, you got to dress like one, man. So um, good on you, man. Every time I see you, you're in a three-piece. So. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Shandor. Take All right, care. we'll talk soon. Thanks for the time Thanks. again. Bye-bye. All right, peace. That is Peter Taurus, if you need him. Let's hear from Tom McConnell about it. Hang on, wait, what was that? Hang on. Oh, I'm sorry, I thought that was you. What's this? Hang on, i got to get to that screen, dude. I thought it was you talking, I'm trying to get you mic'd up here. In that the truth. Can you can you rewind that again? You play it again? Full Tom screening. McConnell, these Grand LaFleche listening in to Tom McConnell. Oh, this is only your clips. Okay, so you it is interesting because the, you know, other than the People's Party, that that all of the major parties, right? The the conservative difference is not much from the liberal difference. The NDP is not much. The Green Party there is little to separate them except maybe some fine, fine details. It is interesting. We back up. Well, that's good. Yeah, we're back. Uh, that is well. Thank you, Tom. Thanks, Tom. We don't have to do it. That's right. For ourselves Here now. Let's little bitty difference. <laughs> <laughs> that's the difference between all the political parties, right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh lordy! Really, the uh, the political party, the Unipol, the Uniparty, have given us really no choice except to support the PPC. Um, mm. I mean, I, for me, I'd be kind of a almost a single issue voter at this point for this election. And really the issue that, that Justin Trudeau said that the election exists for, he said that the answer to tyranny is democracy, um, that if you don't like vaccine Recording passports, vote progress. against him. And uh, that's what we Recording intend to do, stopped. of course. Shut up. What's that sound? What's uh, going that's on? me. Sorry, I just opened up the room. I don't know why this thing talks that's to me all, right. all the time. So, uh, Jim Fannin show, we got Rob Pr- Primo coming up. Yeah. Um, Rob Primo... My uh, my homie, all our homies really, the <laughs> the homie of of Niagara. I've got uh, here on the WTF page, our uh, our event, no, no great reset. Open image, in new tab so we can see it nice and big. There we go. Uh, this Saturday from one till three at Montebello Park, no great reset, uh, no segregation, no lockdowns, no coercion, no lies. Um, this is an independent, nonpartisan event, and I'll be quite honest, uh, uh, while a lot of people are hoping for a purple wave, uh, I'm not holding my breath. Sure, I'll go to the voting booth, but I'm not necessarily going to uh, be surprised if it doesn't turn out um, with the kind of results we might hope for. In fact, uh, I'm counting on it, uh, that it not really being much in the in the voter booth, and instead... Uh, I really do take the, uh, and I always have taken the Chris Guy approach. Um, a united, united non-compliance comes first. Uh, to me, politics is downstream from culture, and really, we need to be focusing most of our efforts on winning the culture wars, in order to even have a chance the political wars. I mean, that's just my view. Um, and right now, the culture war is a, a great reset, so we're going to. 
at the event, raise awareness about it and speak against segregation, against lockdowns, against coercion and lies, which uh, I think we've all experienced a lot of it. Um, and so hopefully we'll talk to uh, Rob Primo in about two minutes about that. Two minutes. Yeah, Is he I, coming up? Did we I got him? thought I sent him the link, but apparently... Did you get him I, the link? I, I just sent him the link now. You got the link coming up. I well, may, in the few minutes before we get Rob have, up. Hey, you're not the only one in the park on Sunday, huh? On Saturday. Saturday, sorry. Saturday. Saturday. That's right. Also Saturday, at 4 p.m. That's right. I might as well. At 4 p.m., there's also a picnic and parade uh, and, uh, for solidarity uh, for those who are against segregation, V-passes, lockdowns, masks, etc. Although everyone is invited, vaccinated, masked, you are welcome. Um, hopefully everyone will be nice to each other. That's the really the policy I have is to be nice to everyone and hopefully everyone's nice to each other. <laughs> And then uh, PPC event there, too. So there's a bunch of events in the park on the same day. No, the PPC event is Sunday. Oh, is it? That is the Sunday one, if I'm not oh, mistaken. Okay. Yeah, so Good. I'm glad we talked There we go. Um, as, as you may or may not know, I am forbidden by bail conditions to speak into a megaphone or even be 15 meters within a megaphone. So there is a 90% chance that I will be arrested just for attending this event on Saturday. Wow. I am the special one, uh, the only one who is under those bail conditions currently in Niagara. Although there are two others, but they no longer reside in Niagara and mm. won't be attending. Mm, I am the last of the Mohicans or, or whatever. I'm the last Highlander, maybe. Let's go with the Highlander <laughs> reference instead. Okay. <laughs> so the Highlander will be there. Um, they will try to decapitate me, I'm <sighs> guessing. I'm going to try to avoid it. Um, I had half a mind to go headlong into the uh, jail situation by holding a megaphone and, and doing a speech. No. Oh, it's been four months. No. It's been four months. I'm itchy. Don't do it. I got I got speeches to speech. If I, I could get 300 of our people together, I would preach to them. I would preach to them, and I would, I would give them good news. I would give them solidarity. I'd give them a message of, of hope. Uh, but I'm not actually legally... Well, actually, I don't know if it's legal, but it's court order. I'm court ordered not to, not allowed to. Uh, it's driving me crazy, Jim. Uh, thank goodness for Jim Fannin for providing an outlet to someone such as myself uh, and many of us, including... Do we have him on the line? Yeah, we got him on the line. We got your, your video sideways, Rob. Can you flip yourself? Oh, I like him like that. <laughs> it's not going to be great for the... Oh, there we go. He's representing the Jays. I don't know if I like this. This could, this could turn out he's bad. He's a Toronto. He so, loves Toronto, going to Toronto. I'm just going to stay with this rather than the Zoom format. Sorry, uh, Rob. D thanks for your time, bro. What's up? Primo. Talk to me. Oh. Are you muted? Too much, buddy. Just there get done. Are. There you are. Oh. Yeah, no, we got you now. Primo, talk to me. Uh, you got a bad signal? Look at those clouds over signal. top of you. Those no. are dramatic oh, clouds. Okay, <laughs> not much, Joe. And, uh, uh, Shane. I'm walking in. Oh, okay. <laughs> Getting close to the Wi Fi. <laughs> it seems better already. Does it seem better? Yes, it's better. Thank you. So, Rob was recently. Uh, made Canada famous by Rebel News. They had an interview with Rebel News. So if uh, listeners aren't familiar with that, um, look for Rob Primo on Rebel News. Had an interesting interview with uh, Tamara Ugolini. And I enjoyed seeing it. The, Rob's story was uh, eight tickets all at once um, on uh, May 8th. Well, you got them all at once? Eight? Eight tickets all at once. $800,000 worth of tickets left on his windshield by uh, Mrs. Brown. Ms. Wow. Brown. All from the regional bylaw. Lady. Yeah, that's right. Two per uh, event that he had attended prior. So one, two for April 10th, two for April 17th, two for May 1st, and two for May 8th. <laughs> I didn't know you got them all on the same day. Did Actually, you feel special back, or he what? Went back, and didn't you go back to... Uh, to Welland with a megaphone and get told to leave or get a common nuisance charge right away. So you've been walking the I line. I did. Yeah, he's back. Okay. Go ahead, Prem. 
Yeah. Um, she's a fan of me, I think. <laughs> I got eight tickets real quick. So we got you coming up uh, on Saturday with a great, no great reset event. Um, you know, what's motivating you these days? What is making Primo uh, wake up in the morning? How come uh, what you say what you say online? What's uh, what's driving your motor these days? Man, just this whole thing, it's just <laughs> I try and take a step back and then it makes me take 10 steps forward. Like I can't get away from it. I can't stop. I, I, uh, I get so overwhelmed sometimes that I just got to shut my phone off. And then an hour later, I find myself turning it back on. I don't know how anyone can ignore what's going on right now in front of them. It's just, uh, it's not a world that I'm willing to, uh, live in happy and things got to change and people got to step up and people got to do their part. And, uh, it's never going to change until we all come together and fix it together. That's how I truly feel about it. Hey Rob, I think you're one of well, I don't know if I put myself in the same group as you guys because I, I've been in politics a long time. I've been watching the regional governments, the provincial governments, being a critic, mocking, making fun of, you know, doing the, for a long time. But I feel like you guys got dragged into this. Reluctantly, you're one of the street fighters. You're one of the front liners, you know, guys like Shandor and Alicia and McDonald and yourself. I mean, and I know others that have gotten fines, too, but not so not everyone has been made an example of in the media like a lot of you guys have. So tell us how you've been handling the pressure of being ostracized and ridiculed for being a radical when I mean, all you want is a better future for your daughter daughters so. yeah i'm still trying to i'm still trying to find a way to deal with it all and uh come to terms with it i every day is something different um you know, people react to this stuff everybody reacts differently to it and uh you know i got a lot of people that hate what i'm doing out there and uh i got a lot of people that like what i'm doing out there and uh at the end of the day, my values mean most to me. And as long as I'm doing what I feel right and what's right for my family, uh, any noise in the background is just a distraction to me. How have you stayed away from the hopelessness of the black pill? How have you stayed hopeful that you can actually make a difference and not just, you know, go the wrong way? I don't know, man. I just don't see any other options. I don't see any other way out of this. I, I don't, uh, like you said, I kind of just got dragged into this. This isn't something I want to be doing at all. Um, people are like, you know, you kind of put yourself out there and, and whatnot. Like that wasn't my intentions. This whole like social media and coming on like your show like this is way out of my comfort zone. It's not something that uh, I've ever done before, but I just feel like, average joes need to step up right now that's who it is like everybody i feel like we have a duty we have a job uh we need to educate people we need to try and find ways to explain things to them uh just not give up and find the right ways to present things to them i think this weekend's event uh putting on there you know anti-mask anti or sorry if you're if you wear a mask if you wear a if you take the vaccine and whatnot, come on out. Like that's not what it's about. That's not what it was ever about. Um, you know, media's really made it look like that's what it's about. And uh, you know, one thing I've learned from this whole experience that I really didn't know is I cannot believe the power that mainstream media holds. I really didn't know how powerful they were. Dude, I can echo that sentiment exactly. I didn't know also that so many people would just reluctant just willingly fall in line like like lemmings off to the slaughter or whatever it is to follows whatever to the slaughter i mean and then I, you know I, I look at cnn now and it's pure entertainment to me it's ridiculous but cnn wasn't always like that the green party and the left the radical left weren't always i don't know jim they weren't always which, that which crazy left promoted the iraq war well, I mean, they weren't so obviously biased. I mean, so, I, I mean, to me anyway, so I'm with you there, Primo. Go ahead, Shander. Well, I'll answer your question about the black pill, Rob, and I think it might apply to, to uh, sorry, uh, Jim, and I think it might apply to Rob as well, and that's, um, there isn't much of a choice, and, 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 and you look at the kids, you look at the kids' faces, and you realize how innocent they are, 
and how much uh, potential they have and how much uh, how much they deserve. I mean, I don't deserve jack shit. And neither do you, Jim, and neither does Rob. But the kids actually do deserve, like, a full life and freedom. So the only thing keeping me from blackpilling and giving up is the fact that I'm a parent, I think. Yeah, I come from the school of thought, like, we don't deserve anything. We've earned it. Our kids, we've earned the right for our kids to grow up in a free society. We've earned that. We paid and sweat and toil from whatever. And uh, partly through activism now, I guess, is the only way. But I feel like we're not entitled. Well, the kids, the kids are a different thing because they're innocent. They're, they don't have any crimes on their soul yet. That's right. That's my point. You too. know, something I could share that that really opened my eyes a lot to, to what our government has put our children through is at the end of the last school year, which we all know wasn't a full school year. It was yanking kids in, yanking them out, giving them no structure, no stability, everything kids need to thrive on. We stripped that from them. And uh, at the end of the year, I get this little email from my uh, daughter's teacher. And she says, if I come by uh, your house, like you send the address in and that, and I have like a little gift to drop off and, and whatnot. And uh, I said to her, yeah, absolutely. And of course, the next email was, can you make sure, you know, you, you put a mask on your child? And, and my answer was, of course, absolutely not. Like, you don't get to come to my house and tell me to put a mask on and come outside. And it's just not how I roll. But anyways, the look on my daughter's face when she loved her teacher, absolutely loved her. And the teacher came, knocked on the door. And when she came outside, she was like, uh, go away and then like she started sm like there was so much mixed emotion that a child just can't even handle the way she was feeling like she was so happy to see her teacher but at the same time she was so resentful because she doesn't understand why she's getting yanked in and out of school and she doesn't understand all these rules and she doesn't understand why she's got to stand five feet away from her other friend and why she can't high five them and why she's got to keep washing her hands every couple of minutes. We have failed our youth, man. Kids should not have any idea about what's going on right now. Amen. And these parents should be doing everything to get them away from that. There is not a big risk to children. We know that now. Testify. Yeah, I just, I hope that remains because the way viruses work is they morph, right? They do anything to stay alive and they lessen the lessen in severity, but then they increase in transmissibility, and then they try and work around vaccines and all this kind of stuff. I'm not convinced that the Delta variant wasn't created by the vaccine, but uh -oh. I, yeah, I don't know. It's a uh -oh. biologist or whatever, but uh -oh. maybe that gets you tossed uh -oh. from YouTube, too. But, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, I had this horror story play over in my mind that, well, what's going to be left? Once, once the population that has contracted it, it it's run through herd immunity all that's going to be left are the kids so then what like i hope this doesn't turn into something like oh no now did the now this new variant is just affecting kids that's oh my god i don't know how i'd handle that but. well the media variant is definitely targeting <laughs> the kids on every aspect and, i know and i gotta say i mean rob your your kids are uh really in the very very precious years i mean my son is not even a year and a half old yet so we've really dodged a lot of the stresses that you just described and it touches me to hear those to hear that story from you um and i can only imagine the anger um how are you channeling your how are you channeling your anger as to not be um counterproductive with it that's a great um that, that's a great question uh, i don't know like the one thing i do is is i i normally go to the gym a lot and that helps me out uh but you know, I, I've had a lot of days lately where I just can't get into it at all. And, and I haven't even gone in a week. And now these announcements of, uh, you know, the vaccine passport and that uh, I know, you know, firsthand, there's no way that I'm going to stand for that. And I'm just going to walk right in the gym and sit down and start working out. Um, but I dread that I have to go and do that. And I, and I hate that. I don't know. I don't know what else to do other than not comply at this point. I really don't. No, of course. I mean, that's the that's the best thing to do. Um, 
Um, we have the question, of course, I've how to reach, like, reach the middle. How do we reach the middle? Uh, sorry? The, the, are there even fence-sitters left in your uh, assessment? Do you think that the uh, persuasion has already been accomplished, or do you see people still, as they say, waking up, uh, even though maybe six months ago they wouldn't have? Do you think people are still waking up, or have the, uh, have the lines been drawn? You know what? I really do actually think people are waking up because uh, I put a video out a couple of weeks ago about, oh, my main goal right now is to get kids out of masks. Da, 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 da. Contact me if you want to do this kind of thing. And I'm shit you not. I literally have probably got a thousand messages over it. Way too overwhelming. Not what I expected at all. I keep forgetting that I'm at Like all these people are adding me and I'm just letting them add me. Um, that's not usually how I roll on social media. And, uh, a lot of people are reaching out. A lot of people want help. Uh, a lot of people don't understand how to be the voice for their kid. And I really don't mind showing them because we all got to learn how to take a stand for kids because kids can't take a stand for themselves. They're going to sit down if not. And I don't know what kind of universal sign you're sending out to your child by putting a mask over their face. Um, you're essentially just putting your child on mute and there's a lot of things that kids need to talk about with their parents. And I don't think you're setting a good precedent by covering their mouth with a mask for eight hours a day. Amen, brother. Uh, I want to respect your time. We're just coming up on three o'clock. Uh, anything we need to know about? Well, I wanted to ask him. Okay, so go, actually go you were just touching upon it, Rob. Um, some of your advocacy has included, uh, providing paperwork forms, exemption, exemption forms. So, for example, for for uh, school aged children in the, are you part of the Catholic school board here in Niagara? If I'm not mistaken, uh, there are some exemptions exemptions available as well as they're not doing a mandatory vaccinations. Is that the case? Yeah, uh, as of they, I think the post was put out yesterday um, that they're not going to be enforcing mandatory vaccinations in any Catholic school board. None of the high schools, none of the elementary schools. None of that. So, I mean, like, I really think it's going to crumble. You know, you got the police standing up. You got firefighters standing up. Uh, you got the TTC union standing up. You, everybody just needs to stand up. It's time, you know, we're sitting down. It's time for everybody to stand up together at the same time. That's really what time it is. Everyone's standing up. Why are you still sitting, Jim? The inspirational. Are you standing? Stand up, Rob. We're standing up. Rob Primo, thanks so much for joining us. So old, man. Yeah, Primo, I'm proud of you, man. I really appreciate everything you're doing. Yeah, it takes all types, and, man, you're one of the great leaders. And your connectability and your humility and even your humor sometimes, it... It gets me over, so I appreciate everything you're doing, brother. Thank you. Much love. How, how about my spelling? Does that ever get you over? No, I know. I, I, I let that go. Yeah, you got a great spirit, Rob. Right, Thanks guys, for being man. a leader in the movement. <laughs> all right, brother. We'll hook up soon. We'll do this in person next time, all right? All right, brother. Stay golden. Love yeah, you. Yeah, sounds great, man. All right, peace out. Take care. Primo, if you need love him, you everyone. Bye. Yep. That's how you do that. Wow, that was. There you uh, go. I stood up. He asked me to stand up. Stand up, baby. Stand, stand up, up, people. It's not just a metaphor. Stand up. Um, so, both thanks for taking it time to watch what two fifty eight right on the right We're on the money good at this for, one hour block thing. You know what else we got here? Oh, I uh, tune in seven o'clock tonight. I will have. A, I, I thought I had a much longer show today. It turns out I'm just talking about the ab abortion law in Texas. Uh -oh. This is the PPC's flyer for Sunday, two p.m. in the park at Montebello on Sunday. You can meet Rebecca Road Knight Han, Rebecca Han, she goes by on the ballot, and then Shandor, pull up your stuff. You got it right there. Okay, good. This is where you can see the rest of the crew. Uh, some, maybe some of the That's crew right. will be Come at on both down. events. Uh, Nonpartisan event. No great reset. So. No great reset. Do you even know what that is? Maybe we should touch upon that well, soon. Well, tell us a little bit about why you went with, well, how you picked the target here. Because we've had other yeah. rallies about freedom, well, I about think we've been following lockdowns, the laser pointer about a lot. Uh, masks. And this doesn't, That's right. This is not We're like cats specific. following a laser pointer. <laughs> Uh, oh, look, masks. Oh, look, vaccine mandates. Oh, and we chase each little issue around, and we never really get to the heart of the beast. Uh, we fight each of the Hydra's heads uh, without actually really getting to the stem of the neck of the Hydra. 
So for me, Klaus Schwab, the World Economic Forum, the Great Reset is much more on the money and to the point of what we're, what our culture war currently uh, rests around. So I intend to raise awareness about the Great Reset. Uh, of course, we have clips of that. We've got Justin Trudeau saying, now is an opportunity for a reset. Yeah. And we've got uh, Christia Freeland saying it. And of course, this ties into the Build Back Better agenda. It really is just a new way to say New World Order. Well, you know uh, what? Somebody just it, mistakenly said that in Europe. She took the mic. I can't remember in what parliament. Australia. Yeah. Was it Australia? That's the Australian lady. The New World Order. The eyebrows lady. Work. Oh, was it? She's yeah, like, well, saw, we'll see how the new world order I goes. I saw a clip of it on Crowder. Mm-hmm. All right, so here it is for Saturday, 11 to 1 p.m. Oh, sorry, Saturday, the 11th. Saturday, September 11th, 1 to 3 p.m., Montebello Park. A day that will live in infamy I'm again. knew this. Watch Shandor get arrested with a megaphone in his oh, hand. God. No, I'm not touching a megaphone. Okay. If I'm going to get arrested, it'll, it'll be, be because you're police. close to one. Yeah, because I'm close to one, and the police have decided to really... <laughs> really turn the screw on me so and this is sunday meet your ppc candidate in st Catharines, rebecca hahn thanks to shandor are we thanks coming back to today jim we might come back we might come back today okay yeah, thanks for back. having me jim All right peace thanks out. to our guests peter and rob good night now I'm not supposed to be on screen when i say that <laughs>